on this episode of Adventures in Being Gifted. Who gets to be gifted in America and why? So it's the who, it's the gets, and the why, right? And so when that gets piece is about access and who accesses these programs and services. And for me, it's really about identity and who you are and where you've grown up and the kind of school you've gone to that will inform, you know, any sort of journey you might have with giftedness or intelligence or any of this stuff. That and a whole lot more coming up. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Adventures in Being Gifted podcast. I'm Jill Hartsock. And I'm Jessica Mullen. And we're two experienced gifted teachers and your hosts. This podcast is a place for parents, educators, and students living the gifted adventure to hear stories, practical tips, deep dive into relevant topics related to being gifted. So come along for another Adventures and Being Gifted episode. On today's episode of Adventures in Being Gifted, you're diving right into the hot topic of the G word or the label of being gifted by talking to the director of the upcoming documentary movie titled The G Word, Mark Schmolwitz. Mark is a multi-award winning producer and director of independent films based out of San Francisco. Mark has produced and directed over 50 independent films, but the G Word documentary is the most ambitious and comprehensive film to date, tackling the topics of gifted, talented, and neurodiversity. Welcome to Adventures in Being Gifted, Mark. We are so glad you are here with us today. Well, thanks for having me. I'm delighted and I'm excited to talk about the movie with you and your audience. So we know that you've been involved in a ton of films, and that's a lot of time and energy. So we're dying to know your why. Tell us why you became involved in this extensive and important project about giftedness. Mm, That's a great question. So, um, you know, it's really hard for me to even imagine this, but the first email in my inbox about the G word actually goes back to 2012. (laughs) It's hard for me to believe. Um, Nine years ago, a very sweet gentleman named Ron Triello sent me an email, um, and I had a prior connection with Ron on an earlier film. So I made a film that came out in 2011 called The Power of Two, and that film was, was quite successful. It was about organ donation, and Ron had been a major donor to that film. And we had become become friends. And so he knew me and he kind of knew the sort of movies I make. And he reached out unsolicited and was sort of telegraphing for me in that first email um, some challenges that were um, noticeable at the private gifted school where his kids were both enrolled, um, an elementary school here in Silicon Valley called Helios. And, And that the sort of challenges that his kids were facing were kind of common across the families, you know, and these challenges were social emotional challenges and immediately it piqued my interest um, because I had been one of those kids who was a gifted kid in school um, growing up um, in the 1970s. Um, I was, you know, I benefited from a, a gifted pullout program in elementary school and that was actually a really positive experience for me. And it really sort of helped me kind of, you know, sort of unleash my leadership potential, my creativity, certainly my intellect. Um, and I was a super high achieving gifted kid. So that was sort of my, my milieu. Um, but I remembered what it felt like to be pulled out of my typical classroom and be put into a different classroom twice a week with other smart kids and sort of interact with them and sort of 
you know, reap the benefits of, of being met where I reside. And that was super positive for me. So the fact that he was telling me that that his children were, were struggling and that other families were struggling, that immediately smacked of some sort of, you know, there's a story here, right? So I went down to the school and I met a lot of the families and I met some of the teachers and administrators. And it was it was clear that there was something going on there. And as I did a little more research, I saw that there had never really been a comprehensive movie about giftedness ever made. So I immediately thought, OK, well, that's interesting. You know, if there's a real story here, maybe, you know, we could really you know, make a pretty significant movie on this topic. But the sort of piece of the puzzle that piqued me most, piqued my interest most, was this idea that, you know, this was a very affluent private school and these families were struggling. And I thought to myself, well, that's interesting, right? They're, these are families with resources and their kids are still struggling, right? Hmm. So being a guy who makes movies about social justice and diversity and inclusion, if you look at my portfolio, you see that these themes have been kind of all over my work for the last 30 years. I immediately asked the question, what happens when there are no resources, right? So if the wealthy kids and their families are struggling, what happens when the poor kids are also struggling? And are they struggling, you know, in different ways? And is it, you know, even more challenging? Is this even on their radar? So that was the question that I started to ask. And that was the, the project that Ron and I um, agreed that we would develop together. We didn't actually pick up cameras until fall 2014, and I would say that we didn't really sort of scale up into significant production until fall of 2016. So the movie has been kind of, you know, made in sort of sprints over time. We, you know, as I've found stories, we've gone ahead and fundraised and tried to go out and film them and develop them in, in these beautiful ways. And over the arc of the last number of years, we've also created this pretty interesting and dynamic enterprise around the movie that's also about you know, changing hearts and minds about giftedness and really, really advancing the project of public awareness and public understanding. I also, along the way, became really interested in twice exceptionality, thrice exceptionality, neurodiversity in general. So that's a huge part of the movie. But in general, um, I felt that as a gifted kid who was now a gifted adult who was interested in telling these stories in the ways I was going to tell them, that I could be of service if I, if I really aimed for a bold national story that try to keep as many people in the room as possible. So that's that's one of my big sort of metaphors when I make these big issue movies is that, you know, if we're going to take on a topic like this, we got to try to keep as many people in the room as possible. So the movie aims to really be inclusive, to really speak to large numbers of people. While it will be a film about giftedness and gift education, I think it really aims to be pretty signature movie about education in general and the sort of equity challenges that are facing education in this decade of the 21st century. And right now our status is we're in post-production. So we're editing the film and uh, we're aiming at completion sometime next year in 2022. So 10 years in the making almost. It's hard to believe. Oh my gosh, Mark. That was a great segue into our next question of getting right down to how the G Word documentary tackles who gets to be gifted in America and why? So do you mind further unpacking that for our listeners? Sure, my, my treat. Um, yeah, so as I said in my first answer, you know, I got interested in what happens to the poor kids, right? So immediately I was in this place of asking a question that was framed around an equity conversation. And as I just took that question further out into different communities, I started to land on how to ask the question. And the question I arrived at was the one that you've asked, which is sort of all over our materials. And it's who gets to be gifted in America and why. So it's the who, it's the gets and the why. Right. And so when that gets piece is about access 
and who accesses these programs and services. And for me, it's really about identity and who you are and where you've grown up and the kind of school you've gone to that will inform, you know, any sort of journey you might have with giftedness or intelligence or any of this stuff. Um, so I immediately became very interested in the zip code as a very specific marker, right? So like, I live in 94112. We all live in a, in a hyper-local place, and there's probably schools in our zip code. There's dynamics there that may inform, you know, who gets to do things based on their income level, their race, their ethnicity, their gender, their sexuality, and all the different aspects of identity in the 21st century that inform our journeys, Right. And because school is a social contract, the education system is a social contract, there's this larger idea in, the, in play that, that all children should have access to an fair and appropriate public education, regardless of who they are and where they live. And we know that that's a beautiful sort of idea, um, but it doesn't always get executed equitably, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what I was starting to see as I was doing research on the film and really developing my ideas for the stories and the characters was that a truly national snapshot of this movie could not could not do justice to giftedness if I just was in one place like California, right? Because gifted is local. In fact, this is a phrase we use a lot in our materials, gifted is local. Sometimes it's so local that it's down to the actual school. And if one principal kind of gets gifted and leans into what it is, you know, all bets are on, right? It can be a mm-hmm. great school to go to for gifted and talented children and they'll thrive. But if the principal doesn't get it, all bets are off. And that's where I was starting to find the most interesting stories in those communities where, you know, where parents and teachers and advocates were really pushing the school district, you know, or the local community in, in general to have these conversations about who are our gifted kids, where do they live, where do they reside, and what what might happen if we could actually discover them and encourage their giftedness. And, and also just challenging the whole mainstream assumption that every gifted person looks like Mark Zuckerberg or Bill Gates or Elon Musk, right? Like right. not like giftedness, the, the, the image of the gifted person is the affluent white male cisgender person who's successful. Um, first and foremost, like that is that is so clearly the image that comes to mind when we think about giftedness. Mainstream conversations around giftedness um, do not look at what what it might mean for a black or brown person to be gifted um, or an LGBTQ plus person to be gifted and or someone with mixed identities that may not speak English or be immigrant or all, all these different aspects that we know are so much more common in the 21st century American experience. So so my idea was let's make a movie that asks this larger question. And then let's take you to places and spaces across this great nation where you don't expect to encounter smart people. And so that's so we, we ask the question and the movie takes you to all these different points on the map. And we, we show you the answer by telling you these stories. I'm excited already. <laughs> I can't wait to see this. So as you kind of mentioned, the documentary follows seven different stories across the United States and explores, you know, giftedness through the lenses of all the things you mentioned, identity, race, gender, class, and zip code. So can you give us a little sneak peek about some of these stories that you're going to share? Yes, absolutely. So um, it was important for me that the film feature stories that, you know, were a mixture of urban, suburban, and rural zip codes. So, you know, different kinds of settings were featured in the movie. Um, I also wanted to make sure that the, the stories themselves were kind of exemplar, right? So, for example, we have a suburban story that is about 30 miles north of Seattle. 
I wanted to make sure that I chose that story and I told that story in a way that really felt familiar to other folks who live in suburbia, who live in suburban zip codes. What's interesting about that story is that suburban, that suburban county, um, which is north of Seattle, is there are 23,000 households in that school district. And in those 23,000 households, there are 94 languages spoken in the home. And when you look out across this great nation and you actually look at suburbia, suburbia is where diversity is happening. Suburbia is where people of color now live. Suburbia is where more immigrants live. Suburbia is where multilingual houses are. This is the norm in a lot Mm -hmm. of suburbias all across the nation. And so I chose North Shore District to be my exemplar suburban story. And that is one example of the seven. Um, In that district, it's a story about universal screening for giftedness. That story is a story about um, universal screening of giftedness. So every child is screened for giftedness. And they use a nonverbal assessment tool so that anyone from any language background you know, can engage with it. And, and you know, long story short, they're identifying more children. <laughs> you know, their, their numbers are going up and they're more and more diverse every year. And now they're working on the teacher training piece, right? So we've been you know, profiling the story over time how that one district has done that work. And, you know, and at the end of the day, many districts around the country are also looking at universal screening as one example of how they can discover more children. So we wanted to make sure we had a universal screening story. Um, in, that, in that district, we have all different ethnicities that are, are in the room as we kind of you know, work through these equity issues. Other stories include, we, we found an incredible school district at the U.S.-Mexico border in southern Arizona. Um, that community is called San Luis, and they're doing incredible stuff with giftedness there. I have a story on a Native American reservation in northern Minnesota. At a, um, it's a tribal school that has a gifted and talented program. Incredible stuff there. We have a story inside a prison. We have a story inside um, inner city Baltimore. We have a story that takes you to suburban Georgia. So there's different different points on the map all over the country. Um, and sometimes they connect through experts and sometimes they connect through, you know, we travel somewhere like the people we meet in Baltimore, we go with them to Minneapolis. But I think it's going to be this beautifully national snapshot through these seven stories where you you meet characters that are unexpected. And, and this to me is really giftedness in the 21st century. Oh my gosh, this is going to be so powerful. So you wrote an impact manifesto for the movie. Can you tell us Mm -hmm. more about what that is and just details with that? So I have this way that I describe myself. I'm an independent filmmaker, but I'm also an impact producer. And what I mean by that is that I try to use social issue documentary to partner with organizations and advocates around the country, if not the world, to change hearts and minds about important issues. So I've done that on movies about LGBTQ issues. I've done that movies on public health and HIV AIDS, PTSD and mental health, poverty, many, many topics over the arc of my career. And what I do is I do a very deep dive into the communities of interest that really care about the cause. And so over the arc of making this movie, like I said, we've been doing this actively for nine years. (laughs) We've made incredible inroads and relationships, and we created a large um, advisory board and a partnership network that is global in scope. And those advisors and partners are working with us to figure out how can we use the movie when it's done to really, um, really have a social change agenda around it. So, you know, it's one thing to make the movie, right? But what happens next? You show the movie to people, what are they going to do with the information they learn, right? 
So mm-hmm. the impact manifesto was something that we wrote with our advisors and partners about a year ago to go on record with this is who the G word is. These are our values. And we are more than a movie. We are a movie and a movement. And we're working with all these stakeholders to try and reach these goals together. So when you read our impact, impact manifesto, it's three pages. It outlines a three year strategy. It really highlights our goals, our initiatives, the things we hope to try to do, and how we hope to make that change possible. Um, I'd love to show the movie at, in, you know, at, in Washington, D.C., and really have a national conversation about giftedness at a policy level. I'd also like to show the movie at different state houses, because I think a lot of the really impactful work in education is happening at the state level. Um, so we'll work with state gifted associations. We're, of course, partnering with NAGC and SANG and the Gifted Homeschoolers Forum, some of the bigger national nonprofits. Um, but in my view, there's no organization too large or too small to partner with us and to work with us in, in dynamic ways, because, you know, sometimes the large organizations will help you have incredible reach, but the smaller grassroots ones are really doing the deep work connected on the ground. So I love working with everybody, and we try to create this really dynamic, robust, and virtuous community around our partnership network. And it's it's been really amazing. Um, the people who helped us write our impact manifesto, these are all volunteers, all leaders in the gifted community who really feel like the mission of the movie is aligned with their work. And so we're working together to figure out how to how to really change hearts and minds about all this really difficult stuff um, once the movie is done. And and it takes years of preparation to really have that impact. So I I really, you know, we started this you know, quite a while ago. So we had a long runway to figure out what we want our goals to be. And when the movie's done, let's let's really try and, and make something important happen with it. Wow. And you're using your success and your voice as a director producer to be able to pull all of these organizations and all these people involved in the gifted world to make that impact. That is exceptional. Thank you for doing this work because I really do believe you're kind of the key or the almost like the the glue to kind of pull it together. So ultimately, what would you say would be your dream and hope for your impact once the movie is out and once you're really kind of moving forward with all these organizations working together? Yeah, you know, obviously I'm an artist and a storyteller, so I want as many people around the world to see the movie as we can possibly reach, right? So there's no question that we're aiming at, you know, a you know, big distribution. That's our that's our our sort of larger goal. And you know, what that might look like could be starting at film festivals and potentially landing on a streaming service. You know, we will see what that what that looks like. And many of my other movies have had that kind of trajectory of success. So I have all the relationships and we're already talking to great companies and people are aware of the movie and And once I hit a real strong rough cut, I will start to submit the movie to different distributors and buyers and financiers who will help us get it finished. And that's that's, you know, that's more of a traditional entertainment pathway that will kind of, you know, know, hopefully reach audiences and large numbers of eyeballs. Right. But alongside that, you know, we have this very hands on strategy with our impact work. And I have this big idea that I want to show the movie in all 50 states. That's something that is critically important to me, that we do almost a road show. Um, <laughs> take the movie on the road and as much as possible, show it in theaters. Um, you know, p- pandemic, obviously, notwithstanding, we will see what, you know, what the coming one to three years provides for us in terms of communities and safety. But I think there's something very special about people getting off their couch, getting into their car, going down to the movie theater downtown, and actually sitting in a dark room together to experience these stories. 
Um, yes, it will, you know, people, of course I want it to be on streaming services because I want people to be able to have easy access to it and to, you know, consume it and to connect with it in large numbers. But it's those in-person events that are such an important part of the strategy. Imagine if we did this in all 50 states, if we partnered with a state gifted association to do the public screenings, then local organizations and local stakeholders could do a talk back with me after the film and really highlight the local issues, the local challenges that that state is facing, you know, around giftedness. Now, granted, some states are large, so we might have to do two, three or four of those events. Right. So you could imagine a, a tour that would have, you know, six events in California, three events in Ohio, you know, maybe six events, you know, who knows where. Right. So I think that tour could unfold over, you know, six to 18 months, depending on how many sponsors we get, how how quickly it rolls out. But that's why this network of partners is so critical, because those organizations are already excited to bring us to their state and to use the movie locally um, in their work. If we could if we could do the tour, that would for me would be you know the most significant win that I would be aiming for. And then beyond that, I think it's really about you know, this concept of changing hearts and minds is, in my view, sort of there's two parts to that conversation. There's the policy and legislative piece, right? So getting gifted back on the legislative table, getting educators and legislators talking about it in new and different ways that really, really make it a 21st century conversation about neurodiversity um, and inclusion. And then on the other side of it, it's about empowering people, empowering parents, children, schools, to see these children, to discover these children in new and different ways. And I mean, imagine if you're a gifted teen, isolated, you've not really seen much representation in movies about yourself in general, and you encounter the G word, which is going to show you teens just like yourself, right? That's an incredibly important moment of self-representation and seeing yourself on screen. We want to make this, this movie available to people of all ages who've been on this journey with giftedness. So they can feel that that sense of pushing through and finding their empowered self. I'm really a strong believer in this idea of self-worth and self-esteem and self-efficacy. If you can't see yourself as smart, you're just not going to be smart, right? And if you if you're traumatized because you had a bad education story, um, if you were misdiagnosed, you know, you know, through your IEP, there's, we, there's all kinds of stories like this that we encounter every day in our work. And you're going to see those stories in the movie. And we're going to show you on the back end of this movie, lots of hope, lots of solutions. And hopefully maybe that hope and solutions will be relevant to you in your life. And I mean, I can think of like 20 <laughs> kids that popped into my mind as you were saying all those things. I mean, absolutely. This this is going to be huge. So we know that you're doing a social media campaign called hashtag my gifted story. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So this was critically important to me that, that the stories in the G word, not just be about the stories that I've identified to feature in our movie, right? I told you about these seven stories and I think they're beautiful and powerful and I'm trying to make them exemplar. So people will find points of entry, find them relatable, but everyone has a story and everyone needs to have that moment with themselves where they feel empowered and sort of owning their identity around being a gifted person, whatever that might look like for them. So, so I came up with this idea called hashtag my gifted story. And I started doing it at conferences before the pandemic, uh, when we were still doing stuff in person, where I was working with teachers and students to just take selfie photographs. And, be, and when you take it, you hold up a sign. And that sign has your zip code on it. And so mine would be 94112. 
And then you have like five ways that you describe giftedness, talented, gifted, talented, neurodiverse education and experience in your zip code. And we've had you know, quite a few submissions of this hashtag my gifted story already. And we feature them on our Instagram, on our social. And it's just this beautiful way of people kind of taking control of their own image, telling their hyper local story in their zip code. And people love it. They have a lot of fun with it. And so we're trying to figure out different ways to scale it up. And I think, you know, the next question will be how I will tell you a little bit more about how I, how I kind of scale that up. But, but I feel there's a certain kind of empowerment piece that comes with this. You know, not every, not every person can sort of proudly say I'm gifted, right? So some of our hashtag my gifted story photos don't have to include people's faces. They could just have, just have to take a picture of the, the sign with the zip code and the words because we're all on a journey with owning our image and being proud of who we are and being public about our identities. But, but with this this campaign, this social media um, campaign, hashtag my gifted story is really about encouraging that empowerment piece, getting people to own their image, putting it out there publicly, being proud of their giftedness and and showing America that that these folks are here, that they look like all kinds of people from all kinds of zip codes everywhere across this great nation. That's incredible. So we just finished an identity unit with our own gifted students in our classes every day. And we did something very similar where they created an identity portrait about themselves and as gifted as part of their identity. So we can Mm -hmm. totally relate to this. So just a tidbit of information about you on your sign. What are some of the unique words or phrases you would have? Mm, that's really interesting. Yeah. So, so I am not a parent, um, but I am an uncle and I have two nieces who grew up in San Francisco and it's been really interesting kind of watching their journey through school. You know, they're now both in their twenties. Um, they, you know, they went to public school K through eight, then they both went to private schools for high school and they're both, you know, very high achieving young women. And so, so they are really my sort of local barometer of like, what was it like to go to school in San Francisco? Um, what's interesting about San Francisco is that we have some pretty sort of, you know, mixed messages here around equity and giftedness. Um, this is also common in, in Los Angeles and in a lot of big city, big city school districts where the equity piece plays out in ways that I think are sort of problematic. And that's probably another podcast for another time. But um, so one of the words would be um, problematic <laughs> for sure. Um, and I think, you know, and but the, like the short version of that is that The way that a lot of public school districts are trying to level the playing field around giftedness is they're doing things like removing honors algebra in all schools, except for one school. You know, this is not a strategy to make things more equitable, because then what happens to all the poor kids in the wrong neighborhood who never had that, never had access to algebra anyway. Right. So I think this this whole idea of leveling the playing field by by sort of making everyone sort of in this median median place is just not, it's not about encouraging, encouraging greatness. And I think we have to really believe that poor children, children of color, you know, children who don't live in the right zip code, quote unquote, um, have the potential to do great things if they're given opportunity. So I think in San Francisco, it's really, you know, some of the words would not be that encouraging where I live. Mm -hmm. You know, again, I'm not a parent, I'm not in the school system, but I think from what I read and what I know from my communities here, because I've been living here for more than 30 years, is that this is this is difficult stuff. This is why so many parents take, you know, who have the means take their children out of public schools here. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's a it's a tricky it's a tricky situation here locally. But I, I appreciate the question, and um, I'll think about that more and get back to you. All right. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mark. So tell us about the upcoming Gifted, Talented, Neurodiverse Awareness Week, which will be on the or during the week of October 25th through the 29th. What can supporters of gifted and talented people do during this week? Oh, well, I'm so glad you asked because I'm so excited about this. This We call it GTN Awareness Week, right? So, so our GTN Awareness Week is a pilot program. We hope it will be the first of, of you know, additional programs in years to come that will grow and scale over time and be a part of that impact enterprise that I told you about a few minutes ago. Um, this is a chance for us to, in the first instance, bring together, bring together people virtually who care about gifted and talented and neurodiverse education um, um, throughout the week. So every day that week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, there's going to be webinars, there's going to be special online events, there's going to be access to experts, there's going to be a, a My Gifted Story Day, there's going to be a focus on gifted adults, there's going to be a focus on LGBTQ and gifted, a focus on Latinx and gifted, a focus on legislation, a state of the state of giftedness. Mm-hmm. Those are just some of the topics that we'll be bringing people together to kind of talk about and really help us sort of survey where are we right now and and where do we need to go? Um the, the timing felt good. It was it's exactly one year since we launched our impact manifesto. So I wanted to one year out say this is this is us as an enterprise saying we're we're making good on some of the promises that we articulated last year. So that was really important to me as a filmmaker and an impact producer to to show our followers, look at what we can do, right? We are bootstrapped movie enterprise, but we're still managing to have, you know, big, big goals around our community impact. And we're activating our partners and our advisors to do to do that work. Um, that's the beauty of the GTN Awareness Week and just generally the work we're doing, I think, is that it's not all about the movie. It's about all the voices of our advisors and partners. We have 36 advisors and almost 70 partner organizations. Wow. So right there, you have such an incredibly vibrant subset of folks who care about this stuff, who have incredible expertise. And what we want to do is we want to be the convener right? We want to bring people together. We want the movie and the enterprise to say, let's get together and create safe and supportive places to celebrate giftedness and to have these difficult conversations. Um, I'm all about positivity and positive representation. So while we will ask tough questions, we will also celebrate diversity. We will celebrate positivity and we will put giftedness out there in ways that um, that really give people pride and a sense of of, of ownership of the, of who they are um, and and wanting to take that that further. I think it's a it's it's so important to have a week, right? If if not a month, <laughs> where you can sort of get everybody focused on these discussions and and it, you know communities do it every, you know all the time, right? We have Pride Month, we have mm-hmm. Awareness Month, yeah. then we have specific days for different diseases to have awareness. Why shouldn't there be a gifted, talented, neurodiverse awareness something, right? So this was powered by the G word, our attempt to carve out just one week in October where we would have this kind of programming, make it available, and that's the plan. So uh, so if people follow our social media starting October 4th, which is next Monday, um, we will have information you know, rolling out about how people can get involved, how they can register, how they can participate, and uh, we're really excited about it. So share real quick, what is your Facebook tag or social media tag that we can all follow? Yeah, so we're at the G Word Film across all social channels. And okay. We're very active on Facebook. We're very active on Twitter. We're very active on Instagram. Um, people can follow me at Mark Smolowitz. I'm Mark with a C. Um, you know, my company is called 13th Gen. So we're at 13th Gen Film. So if people want to learn more about the other films I, I'm making or have made, that's a great chance to sort of see the G Word in a larger context of the, the work of a filmmaker. 
Um, but this is a huge focus of my life and work right now, and I couldn't be more excited. I just got back literally on Sunday from a week in Georgia, which was the final big story shoot for one of the, the stories in the G Word. So we are we are in post-production. The movie is, is sort of coming along. It's taking shape. And these seven stories I told you about are, are beautiful, and I'm so excited how they're taking shape. But, you know, as you edit a movie, you start to see where there are gaps and where you need to do some more filming, where you might need another expert to talk about something. So we're kind of at that phase right now where we're figuring out where are the gaps, right? Because I want to make the best movie we can make, make it as meaningful to the largest number of people that we can. And so I'm I'm filling in those sort of finer details right now. But um, this is the other part of it. Like, like I this is a hugely creative endeavor, but I could never do this alone. I have an incredible team. As we've been editing the film, we actually show these sequences to our advisors and partners, get their feedback, just to gut check, are we doing right by gifted? Like I want, I want the gifted community, if we can call it that, just to love this movie, right? And so we can sort of all take it out into the world together so we can actually talk together to the mainstream about these topics. I, I think we have an opportunity to be like a big education movie of the 2020s. That's my goal. And when we come out, that's what I'll be reaching for is, is let, let's get this let's get this on the radar of like the major newspapers, you know, getting the, all the think pieces we can and all the right magazines, you know, getting everybody really asking the tough questions. Because as we see, there's a lot of just a lot of misunderstanding, you know, around giftedness, a lot of gutting of gifted programs, a lot of just a lot of politics. And at the end of the day, it's about serving children and adults who have incredible potential to do great things, you know, in the service of our great nation. Um, I always put it I always put it like this to people. You know, if you're you know, there are people who say that there is on the low end, 300,000 twice exceptional students out there on the high end, two million twice exceptional students out there that are not being well served by our public schools. Now, if you, let's say that number is two million, okay? Imagine all fifty states, all the municipalities in all the fifty states. That distributed number. Imagine if we could touch those children and meet them where they are, and they would not be crushed by the school system, but actually have their needs met and their gifts encouraged and identified and supported. Imagine the societal benefit, right? Hmm. Imagine the good good things that could come from servicing these children that we don't even oftentimes believe they're there. Right? right. Or or sometimes sometimes we put them in special ed because they've been misdiagnosed and they're being crushed over there. Right. So we have an opportunity to impact a large number of children who could do great things with their lives in a very challenging century. Why don't we try it out? Yeah. I think we should. We appreciate you taking the opportunity and running with it because this is this is truly incredible. So tell us how people can support the film. Oh, my favorite question. Thank you. Um, yeah, so um, we operate as a 501c3 nonprofit. So this is a very sort of typical model for uh, for documentaries in the United States to um, get a fiscal sponsor. So ours is called the Center for Independent Documentary. If folks want to make a donation, you know, we're in every dollar makes a difference kind of movie right now. Um, you know, it's we, we've had more than I mean, we've, we have more than 800 individual donations. So they are making this movie. So so people have been incredibly generous. We have a lot of support, um, but we still have quite a bit of money to raise. So every dollar, whether it's a dollar or 10 or 100 or a thousand or ten thousand dollars will help move this movie forward. Um, and so if their people are listening and they're excited, they can make a nonprofit fiscal you know, it's a tax deductible donation through our fiscal sponsor on our website. Um, but if you're also listening and you have other ways you want to get involved, we have a partnership program for nonprofits that's paid. We have a sponsorship program for corporations that want to jump on. 
Um, I also have pathways for producers and executive producers to join with us on the journey. So, so there's lots of ways to support us. But at the end of the day, if you're not in a position to make a donation, you, you know, hopefully you'll follow us on social media. You'll like what you see over time and you'll just amplify the message. That's, that's a huge gesture of support. And, and we welcome that as, as well. I hope people will sign up for our newsletter. We have a great quarterly newsletter. So that, um, that comes out each quarter. And then along the way, we do, you know, strategic updates on our progress when we have things to share. Um, but the quarterly newsletter is, is us kind of curating resources from all our, of our advisors and partners. And we're, we're, it's like a magazine. It's really quite something. We're very proud of it. So, yeah, there's lots of ways to connect with us. Follow us on social, sign up for the newsletter, make a donation. Um, I couldn't be more grateful for your help and your support. Thank you to everyone. Absolutely. So your passion and your knowledge and just... Um, your movement is going to be so huge for the gifted community. So again, we are just so grateful for everything that you are doing, Mark. And our last final question is, is there anything that we didn't ask of you that you wanted us to ask? Wow, that's a, that's a great question. I mean, I think, you know, for me, this was great. First of all, thank you so much for the opportunity. It was such a wonderful host. Great questions. I'm delighted to participate. And for my part, I think the only thing that I would add to that is, you know, let's keep the conversation going. You know, how yes. can we how can we all be in a virtuous community together that is ongoing where where we're more connected than not? So um, through this wonderful moment, I've met you and your podcast and, you know, hopefully we can continue to amplify each other's work. Um, that's my that's my main interest here is is creating community. And so. That's that's what I'll leave you with today is like, let's let's build this community. Let's give it the strength and attention and love and caring that it deserves. And clearly, I can sense that's your motivation. So I think we're all in this together. And this is this has been the piece of the puzzle that has been so inspiring for me. It's the people that I meet in this gifted, talented, mm -hmm. neurodiverse, larger community who are so passionate. You know, moms and dads who leave their jobs to homeschool and create a twice exceptional micro school. I mean, there is so much good stuff happening. Um, these these families, these teachers, these advocates are change makers, and um, we need to realize that that when we all come together in this movement, that we can really affect social change together. So, so that's, that's the last thing I will leave you with is that I'm delighted to meet you. Let's be in community together and let's continue to do this great work. So I'm taking that as we're going to meet again and do another episode when you get further into the documentary. Does that sound right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> like an that's, update? A, that's a no brainer. I mean, I, I mean, yes, but let's, let's do it. Let's do it when the movie's done, like right. next year. And we can right. talk about the movie, talk about the movie in closer detail. Exactly. Um, my total, my total treat. Okay. We will do that. All right. Well, it has been such a pleasure talking with you, Mark, and thank you so much for sharing your true passion for gifted, talented, and neurodiverse people. We are so excited to see mm -hmm. how the G word movement unfolds and just want to say thank you so much for being such an advocate. Oh, thank you so much. This has been a total treat and um, let's keep in touch. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we'll hold you to it. Oh my goodness. What an amazing episode this is and a time that we can interview um, Mark Smallwitz, director and producer of the G Word movie. 
We are so excited to be a part of this movement. Yeah, I am inspired. I am motivated. And I hope others are motivated to become the advocate for the gifted program nationally. And I think the people and the time, I think it could create a huge movement. And I am so excited that we are going to be celebrating the Gifted Awareness Week. So we are going to be doing some things with our students and our families to celebrate. So we hope you listeners are going to also join in and join Mark's Gifted Awareness Week coming up the week of October 25th through the 29th. So celebrate giftedness and all that it means. Yep. And 2E and neurodiversity as well. So join us. Woohoo! What we do is we come up with a bunch of different things, good stuff like math, Welcome to the segment, Student Voices, where we are passing them the mic to share about their gifted adventures. everybody. It's me, Aiden. I'm here to talk a little bit more about what it means to be gifted. Well, first of all, another thing to describe gifted can be special help, because special help is like a little spectrum or a line, if you think about it. On one end, you have people who may have more of a mental or physical disability, and that's fine. You also have some of those kids in the middle, they're just average. And then at the end, you have the other kids, the gifted kids. So, in a way, being gifted is a version of special help. So, a couple things is, um, in gifted, I, well, I've been in gifted f- since first grade, because in kindergarten, my parents decided I should take the COGAT test, because my sister was already gifted, and I was showing signs of giftedness, so they decided it'd be good for me to take the COGAT test and see what was going on, and I ended up starting ACT in first grade. So there are a lot of things I've done at ACT, but some of my personal favorites, general and specific, are stuff like logic puzzles I really enjoy, grids where you have the clues and you have to fill in the things to find out what they are. Um, When I was in younger grades of ACT, we did the board game night where you just go into the cafeteria and you can play board games with one of your family members or friends, so that was nice. Um, last year we did a project called 36 Fences, where given, um, 36 blocks, we had to make in the highest possible area that we could. Um, I also enjoyed the, the independent study, or I study for short, project we did in a couple grades back. So what, so what you did was you picked the topic, I picked pirates, you spent a couple weeks or so researching about that topic, then you made it into a really fun product. It could be a Google slideshow, it could be a book. I chose a game show format, and I had my dad hook up our computer to the TV, and I played it with my family. Coincidentally, my dad also won. So there are a couple reasons why we need gifted programs. If you're a gifted kid in a regular class, some of the things you will have a harder time with, and that's fine because everybody learns at their own rate, but sometimes they'll have these things where like they're just too easy for you, so you'll be under-challenged, and you, and you might not be able to stretch your brain as much as you would an act where if you're talking about something in a regular class, you might just talk about the surface of it, 
like with how it looks. But in a gifted class, you may go in and talk like more about um why does it look that way? Did they did the people who made it put in a hidden meaning about it? So you just dive in and wonder more about things you talk about in regular classes. So you're challenged just the right amount in a gifted class, whereas in a regular class you could, and I'm saying could, be under-challenged. A couple people have asked, um, how does gifted make me feel? So gifted makes me feel like I am above average, like a little um, different from some other people, like maybe a little fish out of water or something. Uh, like it just makes me feel like I am that I need extra help, which again, as I said earlier, can be good. So yeah, and my potential. The gifted helps me reach my potential because I'm very, very creative and I'm observant, and I've always dreamed of being an inventor when I grow up. But yeah, act makes me, makes me excited because every day I get to go in there and I get to do stuff that let me stretch my brain and really focus on stuff that's more my level and that I'll have an easier time understanding than I would in a regular class where I could be under-challenged. So, yeah, those are just some things I had to say about Gifted, and I hope you have a good day. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone, for listening to another Adventures in Being Gifted episode. Make sure that you subscribe and review us wherever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss an episode. Join us again next time for more Adventures in Being Gifted.